this is Morgan Morgan with the Navigating It podcast, where we bring on guests to inspire you with their stories and help you figure out how to navigate this crazy thing we call life. So please settle in and let's get to it. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this next episode with Ashley from An Outdoor Experience. I originally started following her on Instagram after reading a blog post on her by Duluth Pack. I immediately thought she was great, not only because she graduated from UW-Madison too, but mainly for the way she lives her life. A little background on Ashley, without giving too much away. She lives in a small, 200-square-foot cabin called the Pepper Shack in the remote wilderness of northern Minnesota. Her property actually touches the Boundary Waters. She writes beautifully on her blog, and Outdoor Experience, takes incredible photos, a lot of which are of her adorable pup, Arlo, and she owns and runs a boys' summer camp with her dad called the Birchwood Wilderness Camp. Ashley is seriously wise beyond her years and gives such great advice on finding your true passion. Her story has definitely inspired me, and I hope it will inspire you too. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Ashley. It's so nice to be talking to you today on um, the podcast. And first of all, I just wanted to say I'm so excited that we finally get to talk. It's been a long time coming. Um, We were supposed to meet up a few months ago, or last month actually, but then Mm -hmm. with everything that's happening, um, we were unable to meet in person, but this is just as great. It's so great to finally get to meet you, even if it is through Zoom. Um. (laughs) It has been such a long time coming, so thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so excited to be talking with you. Um, you originally really inspired me to start my podcast after I found you on Instagram, actually. I had messaged you about it because just it was just something about how you write and like your clear passion behind everything that you're doing that really inspired me to go after my own thing. So thank you for that. Oh my gosh, that just makes my whole year. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, But anyway, so I first want to ask you if you could just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you've been up to. Yeah, boy, that's a loaded question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, I, uh, what year is it? Gosh, 2020. I feel like 2019 brought so much um, because in 2018, I was living down in Florida in the Panhandle working as an engineer. Um, Yeah, we're both Badger alums. Yes. Yes. Go Badgers. Go Badgers. Yep. I graduated in 2014 uh, with a degree in mechanical engineering and then moved down to Alabama for a few years for work, which was a whole different world. And, um, and then Florida and then kind of just quit the whole corporate gig deal. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Moved up to Minnesota, which is where I'm originally from. Um, to live in a 200-square-foot remote cabin um, past the road's end called the Pepper Shack. Yep. (laughs) Yep. It doesn't have running water. It's a pretty – well, I say it's primitive, but it's also not. I have a TV and a computer and – uh, right. you know, it's comfortable, but, uh, so I, I live in the pepper shack, my cabin, um, which is on a summer camp that my dad and I now own. The summer camp has been in my family for many, many years. Um, and now it's my turn, my dad's turn to run the place. That's amazing. (laughs) So you, um, you first moved up North cause you're originally from Grand Rapids and then now you're living on the 
off the gun flint, right? Yes. Yep. And um, that was in September of 2018 that you decided yep. to do that day? And mm-hmm. I did my research. You did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. The things you can find on the internet, it's kind of, it makes me feel really creepy now. Okay. Well, you know what? I openly share it as does everyone else. So right. No, good thing. Um, and then you, was it November? You finally, you decided to do your blog for when you. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I guess I started, I, I published my blog. It was just a couple days after Christmas. So I think the 27th of December in 2018, but, uh, I had family and friends asking you know, what's going on up there? What's your life like? Are you alive? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I started it that it's called an outdoor experience. um, And it just started as my way of sharing this weird lifestyle with friends and family. Yep. And then, um, and then that's how you really got into photography as well. Your Instagram photos are incredible. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. It's amazing. Um, Um, I haven't even had my camera for a year yet. It'll be a year. Uh, maybe it'll have been a year just like a, as of a week ago or something. So yeah. It's super I, impressive. Thank you. I love photography. It is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, so how did you decide, like what brought you to the decision of moving basically off the grid up north from living in southern United States? Oh, boy. Um, a lot of different questions today. A lot. No, good. These are the (laughs) best questions. Um, there were a lot of different things that led me to that decision. I, I didn't intend to stay up here longer than one season. Um, my dad was already living up here, um, on the property and I came to visit during the summer and he said, Hey, you know, you could quit your job and come live up here for just one winter. I would have loved to do that sort of thing with my dad when I was your age. And yeah. it kind of guilted me a little bit. But um, so, so I decided, well, you know, I always wanted to come back to Minnesota. This is an opportunity. Um, it was a really hard decision to make. I mean, if you've ever quit a job before, like a really good stable job with yeah. a clear uh, promotion ahead of you, like, I had it all lined up, um, so it was super terrifying to make that leap, but it just felt right. Like, it felt like I needed to make that shift, and a bunch of little events happened right in a row that kind of pushed me into it. Yeah. I feel like that's what happens whenever something big happens in my life, like a change. A bunch of little life events just stack up and push me off the edge of the cliff. It's funny you say that because when I switched careers, that is exactly what happened to me too. It just felt like a natural push that you needed. Like all the doors were just opening. It wasn't even like I had to think about things that hard. It was just like, oh, now this is happening and it's working out. It was similar for you then? I think, yeah. I think um, every time this sort of thing happens, like a big, like a juncture that you arrive at in your life, you have a gut feeling and I always wait for that gut feeling and then it doesn't matter all of these other options that that I could these doors that I could open because my gut says nope you're gonna take this door don't worry about the others and that's I always wait for that feeling and I get it and I go with it and then it's just kind of a clear easy path not easy but right that's straightforward 
Sometimes I feel like my gut is saying a lot of things. And so it's hard for me to know sometimes which is the right feeling, but I totally get that when it's right. It's just right. Um, I had recently read an article on you. I think it was from up North co. Is that what they like did an interview with you? And you had said that, um, there was a point where someone had told you in your life that you didn't have passion. Mm -hmm. And what I took from that article, the biggest thing that like made sense to me from what you said was it wasn't until you changed your lifestyle that you were able to find your true passion. And could you talk a little bit more about that? That might be my favorite topic because (laughs) it just still to this day um, fires me up thinking about that. It was somebody very close in my life, um, somebody that I was dating. And I was living in Florida, which is um, not that there's anything wrong with Florida. It's a great place for a lot of people, but it didn't speak to me. It wasn't my place. I didn't feel a sense of belonging there. Um, And so uh, from an out, outsider's perspective, it would look like I'm this passionless person that's just working a nine to five, going to the gym after work, making dinner, watching TV and going to bed and just repeating that cycle without an interest in anything. Um, but when I left that space and came up here, it was kind of like I just came alive and realized that person was wrong. I have a lot of passions right. about a lot of things. I just was not putting myself in the place to recognize those things. Um, That's so interesting to me. If you're feeling that way, um, <laughs> it might take a change of, of scenery, a change of lifestyle. Um, like, for example, in Florida, I don't like the ocean. I don't like the beach. I don't like I don't to like do things sand. in the water. No. I like to be on water, but not in water. I don't even like to be on salt water. That's just me, and there's nothing wrong if that's what you love to do. Maybe you need to go to the ocean if you love to do those things. But, boy, there was just, like, nothing that I cared to do there. And here, gosh, there's everything that I love to do. It's the Gunflint Trail and the Boundary Waters, like, ugh. Your it's heart. my soul place. It's just, yeah, it's got my heart. It's where I belong. Um, yeah. And I think everybody has that place. And it might be different at different points in your life. But um, if you find that place, I bet you will discover you have quite a bit of passion. <laughs> right. It's interesting how something like a change of scenery can really change your whole life. Because it just like shows through the work you do on your Instagram, on your blog, like even I just saw you rebranded both your blog and your um your camp site, the Birchwood yeah. site. Mm-hmm. And it just shows like through just your work on the internet, like you just shine through that that's like what you're supposed to be doing. And I find that really admirable. Oh, well, thank you. It's such a different ball game when you have ownership over it. Um, my life in Florida, I just did not feel any sort of ownership over. I was just kind of cruising through. Right and now, like this is my life. I've make of it what I want. Um, so yeah, that's super cool. Um, so your blog, I'm just interested in because I feel like I've tried to write a blog so many times, and I 
maybe it's because I'm missing my thing and so I'm not as excited about writing on it as I always think that I'm going to be. But um, have you really enjoyed doing the blog portion of your new life? I have. I've always really loved writing. Um, Maybe podcasting is your thing. You've got a lovely podcasting voice. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I think um, everybody just has to find their thing. And writing has always been mine. You know, it's funny. So my mom passed away in 2013. um, And throughout her whole life, she never once said this to me, but she said it to my dad. And my dad recently told me this, that my mom thought I should always be a writer and a photographer. And here I am. That's all I love doing is writing and taking photographs. So first of all, moms are usually always right. Right. Um, (laughs) But yeah. You live in the, the pepper shack is the cabin that your parents built together, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Do you ever like feel your mom? Like I'm just very like, I feel like, it might be kind of weird to some people, but do you ever just feel like she's there in the shack, like the pepper sometimes. shack? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can see her like sitting on the porch in the mornings and yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just a really special place for me to live. Home is um, like a really important value in my life. And like, yeah. it was funny. I was walking uh, so our property line. We share a property line with the Boundary Waters. Um, and so I was walking to the Boundary Waters Lake that's on the other end of our property recently. And um, I just like got this feeling, this recognizable feeling that I used to have at the house that I grew up in, in Grand Rapids that my dad built. And, you know, he and my mom and I had our family there and um, that like recognizable feeling of home. And I haven't had that feeling until now again. Oh, that's amazing. We sold that house um, last spring. It's been a year now, I guess. Um, So we sold that house, and that was really hard because that was my home. That's where I was rooted. Oh, you remember? Yeah. And so then just a couple of weeks ago, I just had this feeling of like, wow, this is that same sense of home that I now have here, which is cool. And I think it's partially due to the fact that my mom was here, and that's a really special part. That's super cool. That's interesting how she had said that about you, um, how she thought you should be a writer and a photographer. And I wonder, since you like have feelings of her everywhere you are on your property, if that's like, if she's there, like helping guide you. I think I sure hope so. So do you think like your passions were are always already there and you just needed to find a new scenery for you to find them? Or was it something that you discovered about yourself later on? I think that they were always there. Yeah. Yep. I think they were always there. When I think back to what I liked to do as a kid, the I can tell that those passions have always been there. Like when I was a little kid, I would take my dad's like mountain hiking pack and <laughs> put it on with like those sweet limited two pants that yes. zip I love those pants. They're the best. And then like a sports bra. And then I would take his, um, his ski poles as like trekking poles, which were like up to my head. And then he had this sweet, like wide brim explorers hat. And I would like pack myself a little lunch and like my notebook. And I had like an underwater camera at the time, but I'd pack that too in case I needed to like take photo. And so I'd like hike out into the woods in the back of our property 
and like have a picnic and write about the trees. And um, so that was what I was like as a kid. But I refer back to that and I'm like, oh, these things that I love now were always there. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, What do you think was holding you back from allowing yourself to really embrace the passions that you do have? Because I feel like I struggle a lot with what I think I, who I should be like in my head, like what I imagine for myself and who I think I am. And, and then how conflicting it is when I'm like really enjoying other, like recently I really got into woodworking with my dad. I saw that. (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) We even, we started a woman's woodworking workshop this winter. And so that was really fun. And we built um, a table together last summer. And so those are passions that I never imagined for myself. And now I'm finding these things that I really love. But part of me is like, but no, you said you're going to do this. And this doesn't fall in line with like what you've said in your head all along. So do you think that was like holding you back from what you truly feel you should have been doing? Yeah, look, I never, ever thought that I would be the owner of one of these camps that my family <laughs> has had forever. That was never in the cards. That was never in my mind as what I was going to do. And I also never thought I would be living up here year round. So while I knew that I liked writing and photography and being outdoors, there's no way I could have ever imagined how it would all unfold for myself. Um, I think the biggest thing holding me back because ever since I got out of college. So I, I was working as an engineer for almost five years and no, four years. And the whole time I always had these ideas running through my mind, like what else could I do? Um, Cause to me, my engineering career was a job, but it wasn't something I was really excited about. And I, but I think the thing holding me back was that I needed a stable income this is a respectful job that society society would deem a respectable job. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of respect being a female engineer. So what was I going to do that was going to give me that same sort of paycheck and respect and like stable lifestyle? So that was really holding me back. And I, I think taking an opportunity to just – take this a season off because that's what I intended was just to take one winter off and then I was going to go back to engineering in the spring which of course never happened but taking that season off and making that decision for myself Mm -hmm. was super empowering like I didn't realize at the time how empowering that was right creating change in my own life as terrifying as it was um boy, I would do that again and again. Yeah. That, so what did you, number one, why did you choose winter to live there for your season off? And number two, did you go into it thinking, oh, these are the things that I want to accomplish. These are the things that I want to explore. Or did you kind of just let yourself take on the experience and see what happened? Um, okay. So your first question, winter, I just really love winter. And yeah. I had enough of like year round summer. I really appreciate all four seasons, um, but winter is like my favorite one. So sharing a a winter, did that? Did you hear me? 
Yeah, I heard you. Okay, cool. Okay, sorry. I'll <laughs> go back. Um, I'm just a really big winter person. So um, winter was kind of a no-brainer for me. And it was also like a fun challenge, like come live up here and see how this goes because it's definitely a more rugged way to live. Um, I mean, we have an outhouse, so at 40 degrees below zero, it's, yeah. That you, sounds like an adventure in itself. <laughs> sometimes it is. <laughs> but, um, and then your second question, what was your second question? My second question was, did you allow yourself to just mm-hmm. – like yeah. take on the experience or did you have like right. a to-do list of what you wanted to do while you were taking your time off? I wanted to just rest and recharge. That's what I wanted to do. And I had prospects of jobs in the spring. So I was already talking with other companies about the hiring process and what options I could have for jobs. Um, I just wanted to take a winter to just spend quality time with my dad and rest. And I think that's something that goes against the grain of society because we're expected to just produce, 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 yeah. and never rest. And I, I really see a great importance in having seasons of rest. So that's what I was going into it with. And I think um, I harvested a lot of things during that period of rest. Yeah. I, I know a lot about what you, you talk about is slower living. And I think that's something that our society doesn't get a lot of, which is why it's so interesting right now that with COVID-19, we're all having to slow down at the same time, which whenever has that ever happened. Um, So I think that's awesome that people are having the time to slow down, even though it's a really horrible time for a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I really like the things that you write about because it's a lot of the things that I wish I could do more in my life. Like I wish I could slow down more. I wish I could like just go back to the basics, like right out of college during my marketing job that I was really unhappy in. There was so many times where I was like to my husband, like, let's just get rid of our cell phones. Like, let's just go back to flip phones and just have them for calling and texting. That's it. Like, we don't need all this other stuff. And I just have so many moments where I just want to, like, shed all of that stuff. Yep. Because it's just so overwhelming. And I feel like it gets in the way of a lot of productivity and experiencing life. And so it's really cool to see that you're actually doing that. Well, you're so right. It totally does. And I am not immune from that even here because I have Wi-Fi. Right. And that's something that I've been intentionally working on this spring is uh, more of developing boundaries around my technology. I looked at my screen time, which if anybody listening has an iPhone, you can go to your screen time and it tells you where you spend your time, which is very alarming. Uh, I looked at mine. And it was like, oh, I'm embarrassed by this. It was like 37 hours a week. Mine was at 40 at one point this last year. So I'm with you. I think it's on average than what people think. Well, and that's, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm horrible. And then I looked up online what the (laughs) average was for somebody my age. And I'm a little bit below average for somebody. No way. Which is just, I mean, that's a full time job. No way in the sense of like, 40 hours is already so much. 
like when I saw it for myself, I was like, you have a problem. You need to figure it out. But it's nice to know in a way, it's kind of nice knowing that other people are in the same situation. I think a lot of us are in the same situation and it's good to shed light on that because it helps to know you're not alone with that. (laughs) Um, But I definitely, that's one thing that I'm focusing on from here forward is, okay, how can I develop boundaries with technology for myself? And then how can I share that with others? That's everything I do here. I mean, I could very easily not share my life up here, but I see it as an opportunity. Not everybody can move to a cabin in the woods. And so I try to gleam as much as I can from my experience here and then share that if that's helpful with people. So I know I'm not the only one spending a full-time job in front of their screen. Right, you're definitely not. <laughs> but at least you're being productive with it because you're really sharing your life in a really cool way. And what do you think has been the hardest part about living off the grid for you? Hmm. I get this question a lot. Um, or what do you miss most? Like what's something you wish you could have? Yep. I get that question a lot. And it's weird because I think most people would say like social interaction, but I'm a super introverted person as it is. So I don't struggle with that one too much. Um, a lot of the times in the winter, I really wish that I had a heated bathroom. That would be nice. That would, I can't imagine having to go through how you, I don't know how you do that. Yeah. And then the other thing. I really, I'm a coffee house person. I like to go like sit in a coffee house with a latte and like do my work or read my book or whatever. So I miss coffee shops, but yeah, that's kind of the main thing. (laughs) What, um, what has it been like having to really like work hard to be able to live, like to live, I guess? Like, it seems like hard work to me because it's not things I do, like having to chop wood for your fire and, like, things like that. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, surprisingly, it's really satisfying. Um, I know it sounds like a lot of work, (laughs) and I feel comfortable with all of it because my dad has always been here. So um, if there's something that breaks that I don't know how to fix, um, I can work with him to fix it because he certainly will know how to fix it. but it's, I definitely don't need a gym living here, which is great. <laughs> you're just, you're constantly moving. And I think that's a really healthy way to live life. And I also think doing a little bit of physical labor is a healthy thing for your mind. So yeah, um, yeah it's just a different, I, I like to tell people nothing is harder here. It's just different. Right. You seem like, I also think it's really cool how you've connected with nature and the wildlife like seeing your videos of you feeding a bird that always keeps coming back to you <laughs> you seriously seem like a disney princess Did oh my gosh i before? yes and I, everybody that tells me that i just say you know what if you stood out here with some food in your hand that bird would come laying in your hand he um he's a, a whiskey jack um also known as a canadian jay or a gray jay and uh, also known as camp robbers. So they're very friendly birds. And this bird in particular has his top uh, beak broken off. I don't know what happened to him, but he is definitely reliant. <laughs> but 
But you know what? I learned something interesting lately about birds. I didn't realize how intelligent a lot of birds are. They can recognize a person's face. And if they deem that you're a safe, good person, they recognize that. And then if you do something mean to them, they can identify you, like label you as that's a bad person. And they can tell their babe, their babies, that's also a bad person. Don't go near that person. That's so that. interesting. I Isn't had that? no idea. Yeah. That's awesome. What do you see your life being like in the future? Do you see yourself being up there forever? Do you, are you just taking it a day at a time? Do you have any idea of what you want to do in the future? Yeah. I, you know, I always say I hate the whole, where do you see yourself in five years or 10 years question? <laughs> because no, 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 no. Actually, I love that you asked this question. Um, but usually when people ask it, they want like a specific canned answer. And it's like, my life experience has just taught me it's, you cannot imagine what's going to happen. Right. And that's part of the beauty of it. But um, if you would have asked me that question this time last year, I would have told you that I wanted to have a place in Duluth eventually. And I've changed my tune on that again. <laughs> um, the longer I live here, the more I really don't want to live anywhere else. Um, yeah. I used to say when, when I start having a family and little kids, it would be a pain to put them on a boat in the morning or a snowmobile to go to the car, to drive them to where the bus picks up to then drive an hour to school. But I, that doesn't seem to bother me so much anymore. Oh, no, um, that'd be such a cool experience for kids too. Yeah. So I living here, uh, running Birchwood Wilderness Camp. So right now um, we just run in June, July and the first week of August and we're a boys camp. Um, but then this year we've tacked on a, uh, a yoga retreat. I know it's so fast. I wanted to join. <laughs> and then by the time I was working, I was like up in the air somewhere. And then I got back on the ground and I was like, what? How is this already sold out? That's amazing. Seven minutes. It's sold out in seven minutes. That's so. nuts. We're going to do more of those. All right. I'll keep an eye out because I really want to do that. I would love to have you up here for that. That'd be so much fun. That'd be super cool. It would be. Um, so yeah, I mean, owning and running Birchwood and living here year round um, and just living in tune with the seasons. That just sounds dreamy to me. But. Yeah, it sounds dreamy to me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> sometimes you just got to get away. And yep. sometimes you end up finding that you want to stay there. So that's awesome. How has your upcoming summer camp season, what is it looking like now with everything with COVID? Yeah, uh, we're planning for summer as normal because we don't want June to get here and not have planned for summer as normal right. if it does go on as normal. Um, but we've got plans A through Z. Uh, we could see summer running as normal. We could see summer only running for the second half. We could see no summer camp at all. We could see, you know, right. there's so many different options and we're just taking it day by day. Um, who knows? Right. Things are changing so quickly, but we're just trying to keep the health and safety of our campers and families in mind. At the That's great. front of our minds. Did you know that you wanted to do this business with your dad after you'd lived up there and realized how much you love being up there and having that as part of your life or did it take a summer of you working there to realize that that's what you really wanted to do? No, uh, no. My dad and I kind of hatched this plan 
last, last February, um, my uncle was looking for buyers for this boys camp and we just thought, what else could we do with our lives right now that would be better than this? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> cool. What great memories you're making with your dad. I have, like my dad has always supported me in everything I do and I love him to death for that because he really will like stand behind me and help me figure out anything, any like new plan I'm coming up with. But it wasn't until I started like doing something that he has a passion for as well, like our woodworking that we've done together, that I feel like I've really grown a lot closer to him. And family is really important to me too. Mm -hmm. But that has been such a special thing to be able to share with my dad. So it's cool that you get to have experiences that are passionate for your dad as well that are now for you. Yeah, you're going to remember the woodworking with your dad forever. That's really special. We even He even was got so excited about our woodworking class that <laughs> he made sweatshirts for everyone. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And um, <laughs> I grew up sailing. We have a sailboat. My family has a sailboat on Lake Superior. And, no way. Um, yeah, and my dad was like, before all the COVID stuff started happening, we're like, we were planning to make our Mother's Day gifts out of during the class on our next project. And then he was like, well, we might want to just take a break for summer and we can do like Monday Sailing Club if you guys want to. Oh, my God. I'm really hoping that happens. But, yeah, it's really yeah. – You guys do sailing up there too, right? Um. Well, we've, we've got some small sailboats up here on the river and then, um, we, in, we do have a sailboat right now. It's at our girls camp in the past. It's been on Lake Superior. Um, so we do sailing. I, when I, I was a camper at the girls camp growing up and that was like my thing was sailing. So if you go sailing, call me, I want to go with you, you are, guys. You guys are more than welcome to come sailing. We always are. It's like everyone knows they can just jump on the boat mm. and come hang with us. So you're I more would love than welcome that. to come. <laughs> but sometimes it ends up just being like a booze cruise and we just end up chilling and listening to music and eating and but that's the best kind of sailing done too. Um, what kind of um advice do you have for people who are searching for who might feel lost? Because I feel like I've also talked via Instagram with you about how at one point you kind of felt lost and that's mm -hmm. kind of where I started this podcast for is because I was feeling lost. And um, do you have any advice for anyone who might be feeling like that and ways to get out of that rut? Well, first of all, I just love that you're starting this podcast because I think so many, uh, I don't want to just narrow it to millennials, but I mean, mm. when I was feeling lost, I thought, wouldn't it be great if somebody had a podcast <laughs> about this? Um, so I, I guess my first note would be that you're not the only one. Uh, a lot of people feel lost at one point in their life. Um, especially now it's so easy to feel that way. Yeah. It's so hard with like, but I think, <clears throat> sorry, no, go ahead. I was go just going to bring up like the highlight reel of Instagram of like seeing everyone's lives being yeah. so perfect online. And then you, it's so easy to get stuck in that. Like, Oh, 
I like don't have it figured out. They have it figured out kind of thing, you know? Yep. Completely. I think distancing, distancing yourself from that and learning to listen to your own intuition and your own voice, because the more you focus on Instagram, the highlight reel, what other people have to say, um, you lose a little bit of your own uh, connection to your own voice and your own creative thinking um, and what you really desire for your life. But I think one thing that might be helpful, and I do this, I try to do this every spring because I believe that planning, like goal setting is best done in the spring versus the New Year's. Everything about winter says to like hibernate rather than start going to the gym seven days a week and doing sprints. But spring, there's something about goal setting in spring. But the first thing I do when I think about goal setting is thinking about what I value and not value in terms of my morals, but what gives meaning to my life, what gets me through adversity. Uh, That's what I, when I think of values. So for me, the number one thing at the top of my values list, something I've learned about myself throughout the years is that freedom is at the top of my list. Freedom is really important to me. I'm a really independent person. Yeah. Um, And so I, I go through and I outline what my values are and I try to really feel that not just in my thoughts, but in my body, I try to internalize that and then guide my life through my values. So I, that's a good starting place. If you're feeling lost is really try to tap into what your values are and you can, you can tell the difference between what is truly an important value to you versus what is a societal surface level value that you think you should hold. Right. Um, so try to no, listen to you your voice. That? How do you personally cut through what, cause it can be hard to differentiate what society's telling you and what you actually believe for yourself. And do you have a way that you kind of cut through that, like between what the world's telling you and what, you want. Yeah. I, and I'm still trying to figure out a really good way to navigate other people through that. Because for me, the thing that was the most helpful was just getting away from all of it. Um, I, you know, the routine I had when I lived in Florida, if I was bored, I would go to the mall and like buy stuff that I did not need. Like I'd buy an outfit for the weekend just because. So like a surface level value that I had then was my appearance. Like, did I have like this trendy style? And, um, but that wasn't something that I really valued. Right. Personally. Um, and getting away from all of that was really helpful to me. So I know not everybody can get away forever. Um, I can make that a permanent thing, but I will say, and I know this, this sounds so maybe not helpful, but taking a week and going into the boundary waters or going like in uh, several years back, I went to Costa Rica by myself for a yoga retreat. That's super cool. I found that extremely helpful. So taking... Yeah, taking some time to get away from it all and go inward and think about what your values really are. Um, And the second piece of it is to 
kind of kick yourself out of the nest a little bit. Um, I spent a lot of time just hemming and hawing over what to do. And I knew a lot of other people my age that were doing the same thing. And a lot of those people are still doing the same thing. Um, I knew somebody at the time that wanted to just like leave the job that they were at and pursue photography and videography. And this person had saved up well over a year's worth of to live on, like savings, Mm -hmm. but could just not bring themselves to do it because it just felt very, it's going to feel terrifying whenever you make a big change in your life. So yeah, got to gather up a little bit of courage at some point, but I think everything starts with going inward and really truly connecting to your values. I think that's a really great piece of advice because I feel like when people think goal setting, they think of a to-do list of like, okay, this is the thing I want to accomplish. These are the steps I'm going to take to accomplish it. But I've never, ever heard anyone talk about connecting to your values and that can help guide you to where you need to be. And I think that that's super important because it can be so easily lost, especially in the society we live in today. That's a really great piece of advice. Um, I like that. Uh, there was one question here that I wrote down. Let me take a quick look. Oh, yeah. So I just recently read um, a book on tidying up. And I obviously realized you had to get rid of a ton of things to live in your 200-square-foot cabin. And I was wondering if getting rid of things you didn't need in your life helped you to clear a way for you to find what you needed in your life. I'm still clearing stuff away. Really? (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's unbelievable. You know, I had, when I lived in Birmingham, I had this wonderful townhome that was like way bigger than little old me needed. Okay. And so I spent my paycheck trying to fill it with crap that I didn't need. And, oh, it's unbelievable. The am- I'm embarrassed by the amount really? of stuff that I accumulated over those years. It's unreal. And moving up here, just realizing how little I really need uh, and how little I really want also. Yeah. Um, all those years of going to the mall and just buying something because I felt like it just really had piled up and not just physically piled up, but piled up in my brain as well. Um, so yeah, even now I'm still clearing stuff out, but I think, yeah, tremendous value in, I mean, that's one of the other things I value is my space. That is one of my big values is connection to my home, my land, my space. And so I want everything in my space to be something that I really love. Yeah. And I keep finding stuff that I don't love. It's amazing. Um, I think it's a really slow process. You just got to take it easy on yourself with that. Um, but but did it help you, like, do you really think it helped you to, sometimes just creating a better space for yourself allows you to open up to other things. And do you think that helped you in your process of finding what your passion was? That's an interesting thought. I don't know if I've ever really thought about it from that angle what's been your experience with that well this whole weekend I basically 
Well, actually, the kind of the season, spring for me as well is a time to like, I feel like winter is kind of like a charging season and then spring is when you can really like get out there and and do the things that you've been wanting to do. And I just feel 100%. so much better during spring. Yep. But, uh, spring cleaning for me is definitely a thing. And during just Lent season for us, mm-hmm. um, it's just so time to like give. And I felt like we had so much stuff in our house that we don't need and that other people could probably really use. And then I read this book about basically what you're saying, like making sure the things in your, your space are things that you really love. And there's so much that I found this, this past weekend of just going through like literally all weekend, I was just going through every single cabinet closet room in our house and our house isn't even that big, but we have a ton of crap that I didn't even realize I had. And, um, it just made me realize that we do have too much and there's so much we can give away and there's so much that didn't bring me joy. And I've already felt so much better going into this week, knowing that all that stuff is in boxes, like in the garage, ready to be donated, knowing that like the things that I have are things that are really making me feel good right now in my house and in my space. And so I think it's actually kind of given me a boost to start my week. Honestly, I felt a lot more motivated than I have recently. So that was a long way of saying what I was supposed to say, but no, I'm glad you said that. I think that's beautiful. Um, and I completely resonate with that when I, when everything is organized and the things that are in my sight of my line of sight are things that I really love. I think that's uplifting. That's motivating. That's, it's just simple. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And the other thing I think I noticed when I started going through my things was how, um, I don't know if wasteful is the right word, but not environmentally friendly. Like I've, I've, for about maybe six months now, I've switched from shampoo to, uh, like bottle shampoo to uh, bar shampoo. shampoo. Oh, how do you like that? I love it. I think it's great. Where um, do you buy that? You know, I've tried a few different brands, but there is one, it's like, oh, I don't remember what the brand is, but I just get it at like the local co-op store. Oh, awesome. But they, you can get them anywhere. Um, cool. You'll have to tell me which brand you like. I will. It's hard yeah. to find a good brand that actually doesn't make your hair super oily or dry or... Well, and the thing with shampoo bars is you have to stick with it for, I would say, two weeks. Is kind it of like switching to natural deodorant? Yep. <laughs> it's just like that. Now yep. is the perfect time to try these things because we're not going anywhere. Totally. Yep. Yep. Actually, one of my girlfriends has a really good um, – she's a blogger too, and she's got a really good article about that, about switching deodorants and how now is like a really good time. Her name's Kate Escuri. Oh, yeah. I follow her on Instagram, too. She's The foundation so blog. Yeah. Yes. Her article is brilliant if you're wanting to switch to uh, natural deodorant. <laughs> yeah, I tried doing it for – I did it for a good year. And then all of a sudden, I had a really bad reaction to the one I was using. Oh, no. And I was like – our family friend who um, is a nurse was like, 
you should probably just go back to the normal stuff for now and then figure out how to do this over again. Oh, no. It's not working for you. She had to put, like, steroid cream on my armpits to get it to oh, clean no. down. And no. you're having, like, reactions at work to our uniforms, too, so I think it might have just been a mix. It could so, be. Um, I want to go back to the natural deodorant as well. Do you do that? I do. I can't say I've found one that I love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tried, like, six different ones within a year, and – Mm-hmm. At one point, my husband was like, you really smell. You really need to, like, figure it out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, he's just looking out for you. And I was like, I really appreciate you saying that, but that really is hard to hear. Oh. <laughs> the so the natural deodorant thing can be hard. Is So it's can similar be. for the bar shampoo? Yeah. Is- yeah, your hair will just maybe be a little bit more dry for a little while. Is there yeah. a bar conditioner as well, or is it just shampoo? There, yeah, I used to have one from Lush, um, and I think they still have that one, but I have not found a bar conditioner that I like. Okay. If I do, I will let you know. (laughs) Thank you. But you felt through, like, going through your stuff that you also found that you weren't being very eco-friendly. Yep. Yep. So, So, and it's weird. When you start looking at this stuff, you see it everywhere. Like, your dish soap comes in a plastic bottle. Your toothpaste comes in a plastic bottle. Like, your razor is swathed in a plastic handle. Like, it's everywhere. And you just start seeing it. (laughs) I feel like if I get on that train, it's going to drive me berserk. Because sorry. (laughs) I just read the book about tidying up, and now I'm, like, I went through everything, and I organized, and I got rid of a ton of stuff the past weekend. And now I'm already like, I need to do this again and make sure that there's nothing else that I overlooked. Do I really like find joy in that or was I just saying that? And so I need to tone it down a little bit probably there. But it'll just take time. Yeah. It, yeah you just got to give yourself some grace on that one. <laughs> yeah. But also when I was in college, um, I always had to have like my kitchen clean and my bedroom clean before I could do my homework. Yep. So definitely having like a really good space is very important to my productivity. So I, that's why I was wondering if you were similar with how you've really condensed your things or if that doesn't really. I think I'm replace the word productivity with inspiration. Yeah. And I'm on that same train with you. I, I need the things around me to like, wow, that sounds like such a snobby writer thing to say. I must be inspired, <laughs> but like my desk. <laughs> And my, like, it just needs to inspire me. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. Um, (laughs) Let me see. If there's any other questions I have. I wrote down so many things. Um, Yeah, what would be helpful for your audience? I saw that you had recently written a post about cabin fever, which we're all experiencing now. Yes. And I was joking with my girlfriend last week, like, there's either going to be a lot of babies during this time or a lot of divorces. Yeah. <laughs> it is really hard to be like in this space with another person all the time. And now we're forced to be, which we're lucky to be able to do that. Um, but how do you stay sane being in your house or your cabin all the time? And what advice do you have there for people? I feel really, really lucky to be able to get outside still. Um, it's just so easy for me to go for a hike because I've got a bunch of property. Um, so I feel really 
really lucky to be able to go outside. But um, a couple things I would say. The first thing is make sure you have stuff to look forward to. I think anticipating things, positively anticipating things is a contributor to happiness. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and right now with like so many, pl- like a girlfriend of mine had to cancel her wedding. And oh, that's so sad. Yeah. So, you know, it's just things that maybe you were looking forward to, like big events that are no longer happening, replace those with little things that you can create yourself to look forward to. Uh, like on Thursday, we're going to have a movie marathon or on Tuesday at noon, I'm going to take an hour to like, do a face mask or whatever right. like sounds exciting to you, put it on the calendar, pick three things a week and do them. Like every week I look forward to baking bread. I bake a sourdough every oh my week. Gosh, your bread looks amazing. Thank you so much. You know what? The last one I made, it looked amazing, but I forgot to add the salt. So no. it <laughs> horrible. <laughs> but it's just like planning things that bring you joy and yeah. You look forward to it. Okay, so that's one. Another thing, I think grounding is really important right now because it can be so easy to just get swept away by what you see in the news and on yeah. Instagram. And it's if you had anxiety before all of this, oof, man, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling it. Okay, <laughs> so uh, for the whole month of April, every morning, I've challenged people to do five minutes of meditation and. Uh, I've been going along with that and I find that to be a great way to start my day for you. It might be a great way to end your day. Um, but I like doing that. And I also like walking outside, whether it's just on your porch or your balcony or in the grass, but do it barefoot. I find that that's really grounding. Yeah. Just feels right. (laughs) Um, so those are just a couple of little things. And then, Mm What I'm doing on the weekends, um, either Saturday or Sunday, I pick a day, and I just put my phone in a drawer. And I, I like look that. at it. Yep. Just walk away from it. <laughs> you don't need it. <laughs> no, you really don't. And it's kind of nice um, that people are getting time to reflect and really take a step back with this time of having to stay at home. Um, and so hopefully, I really hope that a lot of people – have been able to hear about your life and can now take bits and pieces of it to help them get through this time. And maybe people will come out of this with new inspirations. And um, my sister had sent me an article about how during the recession on 2008, a lot of big companies restarted during that time. And so I'm super excited and intrigued to see how many new things are created during this time of having to stay at home because it really might be what everyone needs to restart and do something new. Yeah, I think so. I think if you can kind of sidestep like the overwhelming stress that this can bring. I mean, yeah, all of yesterday I, I put my phone in the drawer and I sat outside in front of a little campfire with my notebook and I was like, doing my goal setting thing that we were talking about earlier um, and like revisiting my values. And I mean, man, I've got blogs and big plans now going forward. So, I mean, you can definitely use this time to your advantage for sure. 
Right. But it's also okay because I saw in your recent post to give yourself permission to just do nothing. And that's yeah. sometimes what you need to, which I think is a really good point that you made as well. I think if you want to use this time to your advantage, part of that is giving yourself permission to spend part of it, just doing nothing. It's okay. It is totally, you do not need to be productive all the time during this. You'll drive yourself absolutely nuts. Yeah. Really well. (laughs) So, um, have you been reading a lot since moving up there? I, I see you're kind of a, you're a pretty big bookworm. And I noticed that you recommend um, Big Magic, which I just read that last month. Oh my gosh, did you like it? I loved it. At first I was like, her writing is kind of, in this book is kind of different. Like her ideas about how to look at things are a little different, That ways I've never thought about things before. But at yes. the end of it, I was like, oh my goodness, this is incredible. I At UW, I was a journalism major. Oh my gosh. And so... I really love writing too, but I'm noticing now, even through just talking to you, that my blogs have never happened because I, they're not things that I find truly passionate about. Sure. And, um, but yeah, I really love that book and I, I took a lot from it. Did, and you obviously, cause you recommend it. How do you feel about that book? I, so it's so funny that you bring that up because mm-hmm. during those years when I lived in the South that I was just wandering aimlessly through life and feeling lost that is the book that is the one that like helped me the most really like yeah yeah so (laughs) that one has helped me the most I love that as she talks about um like finding what you're really passionate about whatever your purpose is by thinking about what your are is swearing aloud on here I don't she talks about the sandwich yeah. yeah you know what I'm talking about yeah, you can swear. I don't mind. But, yeah, well, she talks about the shit sandwich. Like, <laughs> pick whatever profession or passion or craft you want. Like, think about what the shit sandwich is that is associated with that. Like, what is the hard part of it? Yeah. And if you can eat that sandwich, then that's, like, your thing. Yeah. I found that, like, read her words. They're better than my little synopsis no. there. But that is a really good point. I really enjoyed that part of it too. Cause I was like, that makes just so many moments in that book. I was like, that just makes so much sense. Why yes. have I never had anyone tell me this? Why have I never thought of it in this way or saw it in a different way? And sometimes it just takes someone else writing about it or explaining it to you in a different way for you to like be able to find a better path for you. Absolutely. I completely agree. That book, I, it is just highlighted and dog-eared and post-it notes all over it, my <laughs> copy. So I would recommend that book. It's, I, yeah, I refer to it all the time. I love that book, but I read a lot. I just, I was a little, this sounds so silly of me. I was a little bit worried about uh, Amazon or maybe places deeming books as a non-essential item. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. So I ordered like almost a dozen books the other day. And no way. <laughs> do you have a, like, a favorite genre that you like or do you do everything? I, mm, I don't do everything, but I, I like to start and end my days with fiction. Um, and then in the middle of the days, like lunch or whatever, I'll read nonfiction. Um, you have multiple books going at one time. Oh, I'm the worst. 
yeah. I have a lot of books going at the same time because I, I'm the sort of person I get bored really, really easily. So I need to be able to like bounce between different things. Yeah. How accepted that? (laughs) year do you think you read? I always try to keep it around 20 or 30 is like where I'm usually at. So I, last year, my challenge was to read one book a month or 12 in the year. Yep. In December, I ended up reading like three because I got a little bit behind. (laughs) <laughs> that's how it always goes by the way in December you're like I gotta make my goal yeah and so this year I'm like I can do two a month now which I don't know why I would think that I can do that considering last year I had to do three in the last month but I've actually pretty I'm stuck to it and I think just being able to stay home too is help is there any other books that you would recommend for people trying to find their way hmm Big Magic would have been my number one. I love that book. I'm just trying to mentally go through my bookshelf right now. Um, Brene Brown. I love just pick anything from Brene Brown. She is one of my favorites. I've heard her stuff is really good. From really good. I just recently read her name somewhere and I don't know where it was. Maybe it was, I listened to it on a podcast or something. Mm-hmm. Someone else had recommended her as well. Yeah. Uh, she's fantastic. If you're looking for a place to start, Big Magic or anything by Brene Brown. Okay, cool. Yep. Is there anything else that you feel on this topic of passion and finding your way that you'd like to say to our listeners? I just want to say if you feel lost and you feel like you don't have a passion, you do. (laughs) please just believe me that you do. Um, or if you want me to write you a little slip that says you, there is something out there for you, um, that you will find it. I'm happy to give that to you right now because that's what I needed when I was, you know, just a few years ago, I thought there's, I'm passionless. There's nothing out there. What am I going to do with my life? Um, so just hold out. You got to have patience. and develop a connection with your intuition. It'll lead you the right way. Listen to your gut. Thank you. I really, I personally needed to hear that today. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, and then where can people find you online? People can find me at my blog, which is anoutdoorexperience.com or at my Instagram, which is just my full name, Ashley Bredemus. And I'm sure it'll be like in show notes or something. Yeah. My last name's a doozy, but um. I'm always at Instagram, so you can find me there. (laughs) Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. I'm glad we finally got to connect. This was so great. Thank you so much for having me. You are such a beautiful person, and I cannot wait to see what else you do with this podcast. Thank you.